I'm with Eric Brown, one of the sellermen at Brooklyn Brewery. He's just released a new beer for the Worshipful Company of Brewers called Mal Dupe. How's it going, Eric? It's going good. How long have you been with Brooklyn Brewery? Uh, so I started in February 2014 uh, with the packaging and then moved into the cellar a couple months ago. So. Tell me a little bit about your beer background, brewing background. Um, so I started home brewing, like most folks, I guess, that get into professional brewing. You know, enjoyed it a lot. Uh, kind of went along. You know, it's cooking and home brewing. Garrett had mentioned when he was speaking that uh, you did a stint at the Culinary Institute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how does that how does that figure into your beer world? Yeah, you know, to me it was like coming out of school. I knew I wanted to find a brewery that was food forward. I mean, these guys have been doing you know beer dinners for years. Uh, you know, Garrett does, has his you know brewmaster's table book. Um, you know, one of the big things that we do for people that we do a beer school, so it's like the brewers cook dinner for, for folks. To me, they're not so drastically different, cooking and brewing in general. I mean, it's all about, like, you know, I show up in the morning, I get organized, see what I have to do, execute it at the highest level that I possibly can. And, you know. Did you do anything at beer when you were at CIA? Uh, yeah, so we had a, um, like, a, a homebrew club, basically. Uh, so we would we would brew five gallon batches generally on campus and do tastings and work with other student groups to do dinners and that kind of thing. So the beer you brewed, you, you could pick anything that you wanted to pick. That's uh, I understand. That's the that's the rule. Anything goes. So you picked uh, Kentucky Common. Uh, why'd you pick that that style? Uh, so I am originally from Western Kentucky. So uh, you know I wanted to uh, use an ingredient that. A ingredient and a style that's from there. It's uh, it's not something that's commercially produced regularly anymore. And there's like one upstate brewer I think that does one. Tell us a little, little bit about the Kentucky Common style. Sure. So um, the style was it was the number one beer being produced in a small kind of you know regional area around Louisville, Kentucky. From the research, said it was like 75 percent of the production of the beer production in Louisville was this style. It was incredibly economical to produce. It was, you know, definitely like a beer for the working class. I like to think, it, you know, it probably developed in response to the agricultural climate that existed to support a, a whiskey industry. So, you know, the availability of, like, high-quality adjunct and barley grown more, that tended more towards high diastatic power and so you're using what two row then? Uh, yeah, we used a little bit of six row, and it's 15% flaked maize, and 8% rye was the grain bill. So. And then you've got uh, an addition. You're also adding in some sorghum. Yeah, so it's a sorghum syrup, not like the white sorghum syrup. This is like the actual a reduced, very highly caramelized product, and I use that. You know, a lot of porter breweries on the East Coast. Sometimes if they had availability or if they have access to uh, specialty malts, color would, would come from that. If not, they would use caramel coloring, basically, so like burnt sugar, right? Porter was king for a long time, so, you know, they wanted their beers to have that look to it, so. So Kentucky Common, it's a little bit kind of related to California Common? Yeah, so it is, um, it's lager yeast 
Bruderdale temperatures, so it is that, that same like hybrid. And it was, um, you know, it would have been a very quick Bruder package turnaround. Even this one was, it was uh, two weeks. So. Wow, that's that's quick. And it, this one clocks in just over five percent. It actually ended up so we we didn't know the sorghum that we ordered. We had no idea what the the Play-Doh degree Play-Doh was on it, and we didn't really have a lot of information about the fermentability of it. We overestimated on both ends, so we thought the degree Play-Doh was going to be lower than what it actually was, and the fermentability was a lot less. So it actually we were predicting something in the like five and a half. It actually finished out at four and a half percent. Three two was the final gravity. That's probably even more traditional then. Probably, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was supposed to be. We, we I wanted a under five percent was the goal, so it ended up working out. So now this beer, it's a moderately dark beer, kind of somewhere like not quite a Schwarz beer color, but in that direction. And it's a another important characteristic. It's sour. Yeah, so there's there's definitely some uh, contention on if that was historically the beers were sour or not. So you have a lot of accounts from drinkers that say that would describe the beer as sour. But we have more examples of brewers' notes making this beer that there definitely was not an intentional souring going on. More than likely, if there were sour characteristics coming off the taps, it was more than likely a cooperage issue rather than an intentional souring like what we did. But you wouldn't be able to get that sour from the cooperage. You guys kettle soured it? Yeah, yeah, we did a, it's, it's a direct uh, lacto inoculation for 50% of the mash for about 30 hours. And did you did you do two different runs and, and blend or did you do straight? Uh, so we, we, we ran it all off into a tank, got it to a boil, um, split it and inoculated half. And then boiled the re- you know boiled the other half just as a no- you know normal beer. And then once we once the the blending half hit the acidity that we were, I was looking for, boiled that and blended them. So. Well, it came out perfect. It's really delicious. It's light. It's easy to drink, and the sourness is is definitely assertive but not aggressive. You're pretty happy with the outcome. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it did come out a little bit. So, so this is it's a homebrew recipe I had done. And when I was doing it, you know, homebrewed, less than ideal conditions, I would let it, I would let the sour mash sit for like three days, and then use that and blend it. So like I said, like perfect conditions. I try like I came in, worked my shift, came back the next day, tasted it, and it's like, yep, it's there. <laughs> so it, it did come out a little bit more sour than I would have liked, but it's still still good. So. It's a unique one for Worshipful Company. I, I would implore. Anybody who can get down to the brewery before it goes away, because I know this one's going to be—it's going to be enjoyed pretty fast, I think. Yo, so. All right. Well, great job, and thanks for talking to us. Cheers. Yep.